So what if I told you every phone call you make is helping to fund progressive causes and politicians like Planned Parenthood and Hillary Clinton? You'd probably stop making phone calls, right? Well, the fact is your current phone carrier is using your money to undermine your belief. So what's a patriot like you to do? Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk and text, competitive prices, and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Mention promo code Steve at checkout and receive $35 in free activation fees for up to two lines. Call 1-800-PATRIOT or go to PatriotMobile.com. Mention promo code Steve. We've got some big news to tell you about from our partners at Conservative Review. Coming this December, it's CRTV, a brand new commercial-free digital network featuring Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, and Mark Stein. You get all of this content anywhere you go, your laptop, tablet, cell phone, or even on Roku or Apple TV, and you can have all of this programming for a year for only $89 if you sign up before December 1st at CRTV.com. But to get that special price, you've got to use my name at the checkout, Dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. So go to CRTV.com and sign up today. Levin, Malkin, Stein, all for $89 a year. If you go to CRTV.com today and use the promo code DACE. You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings... We are live here on the Steve Dace Show, powered by Conservative Review. No, this is not my large Marge, Wolfman Jack impersonation. This is me drying out with an ear infection. Because, of course, I've got to get sick for the Super Bowl. I should have just let the kids get me sick last week, guys. I fought this, and I fought this valiantly last week when they were all sick. I should have just let them get me sick last week. A boy in the bubble stuff? What were you doing at so, home? So that I would be ready and good to go for this week. Now, I feel a lot better than I did last night because I'm on antibiotics with this ear infection, but I don't think I sound very good. How bad do I sound? Because I sound pretty nasally to me. It sounds pretty bad. I don't think no. it sounds no? like that. Right. A couple. Th- uh, thank you for lying to me. All right, so we're going to be with you all night, well, at least until midnight Eastern. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. So we are now seeing a lot of the key states have closed their polls. The voting has ceased, and now the counting begins. Let's go around the room here and, and and sort of get a big picture view from the whole team. And and by the way, if you want, you can watch us tonight. Uh, if you go to our Facebook wall, we are simulcasting tonight's show on Facebook Live. So hello to all of you out there. So you can watch the video of this, and uh, there'll be a record of this for posterity. Because history is going to be made tonight. Either we're going to elect the first woman president, or I think for the first time since Dwight Eisenhower, we will elect someone to the presidency, that the highest office that's never held public office. So we're going to see history made here this evening. So let's go around the room and, and sort of get everybody's big picture views now as we wait for the votes to be counted. And Aaron, I will begin with you. Up until about a half an hour ago, tonight was kind of going like I expected it to go. And the results so far up until that point 
kind of reflected that. But then we started to see um, Florida not only get closer, but uh, but uh, Trump was starting to take a lead. And then the Panhandle um, counties in Florida, which uh, closed a little bit later, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, those started to come in, and those are more um, red st- uh, counties as well. And now uh, he's got this lead and this surprising lead in Virginia as well. So this is definitely... Um, I, I think it may be a little bit too, too early to say, but it seems like this is not going to go according to most how most of the polls had this night shaping up. Todd? The stat that sticks out to me so far is that something like 41 out of 46 counties that are already in in Florida, have, the vote totals in favor have uh, Trump have outpaced Romney's total four years ago. That is stunning. Uh, the Republican Party, as we know it, is absolutely dead. Anything resembling business as usual is an absolute road to nowhere. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, that is remarkable to me. Kim? Well, I was listening to um, part of my assignment, listening to um, NPR, and um, they had a, a Trump supporter and Trump worker actually down in Florida saying, we're getting out the vote, and he's Hispanic, and he said, I'm bringing in a lot of Hispanic voters for Donald Trump. And I think that's um, what we're witnessing. So what's happened here is the exit polling, um, he has outperformed the exit polling, at least in the early returns that we have seen so far. Uh, and you look at Florida, uh, you look at Hillary Clinton ran up a, a massive, uh, a massive Hispanic turnout operation there. Um, and, and we saw in Florida the early vote was greater than the total turnout in the 2000 recount election in Florida. More people voted early than voted total in 2000. In fact, this will be the most diverse electorate in Florida as well. 39% of those who voted in Florida, non-whites. And what you are really seeing across the country is an incredible racial divide. Uh, in fact, if you look at the makeup of the electorate, um, you are seeing that uh, the white vote is uh, nationally, if the exit polling turns out to be correct. Now, there's only been really one time that the exit polling wasn't correct, and that was the the recount election of 2000, which had George W. Bush winning by four or five points, and we all know how that went. But if the exit polling turns out when we get to all of the results tonight, this electorate would be two points less white than it was in 2012, just as black and one point, na- this is now across the country, one point nationally higher in terms of Hispanic turnout. And what was fascinating is to watch, to watch Donald Trump, essentially that's the electorate that Obama eked out a victory with. And yet the final score looked comfortable, but he won a lot of these states very close. Florida was 74,000 votes. It was only a point or two. Ohio, I think, was two and a half points. All right, so you know these were this this was a relatively close election, just not when we added up the final. But when we looked at the individual contest, it was pretty close across the board. And what we saw is that his or Obama's organizational advantage ended up being the difference on election night. In that's where we're waiting to see if if energy trumps trumps organization, and that's one of the things that we will see here when this ends here tonight. Because one of the things that, uh, I, I mean, I, listen, the Trump campaign was still trying to hire field staff for Florida last week. They stopped vote tracking in Florida a week ago because they just didn't, they couldn't do it. They didn't know what they were doing. So they have put all of this together 
just basically off of two things. A, energy for him, but also angst against her. In fact, whoever wins this thing tonight is going to have a tall order, I believe, folks, when this is over. 58% of Americans in the exit polling said they were, quote, either confused or scared that Trump would be president. 53% said that about Hillary Clinton. So I think regardless of who wins, this is going to be a tough country to govern for the next four years. When you're looking at the racial disparity here, where Trump is running up bigger numbers in these rural white areas than Romney did, she's running up not as big a black numbers, but bigger Hispanic numbers than, than, than uh, Obama did. Well, which population is trending up in this country? The Hispanic population. Which one is trending down? The white population. You're, you're looking at what would be a severe racial divide in this country starting tomorrow, regardless of who wins this thing. Agree? Disagree? Think I'm blowing this out of proportion? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I agree. It's just a different racial divide than I think what's been evidenced in this country over the last couple of years. I mean, this is talking about a d- divide in terms of, of um, demographics. I, I guess is is probably a better way to put it, but I think that's that's absolutely true. And um, Kim, what you were saying earlier about uh, being able to wrap up uh, Trump support amongst uh, Hispanics, maybe you know, maybe that's there's something uh, there's something to that. Uh, but we certainly didn't see that coming. The silver lining in the divide, though, as you've talked about before, in your hopes of uh, the, the black church, for example, Steve, is that uh, a lot of these minority groups are not going to go in on the rainbow jihad, the progressive thrust of kind of what is our default culturally. That, I think, is going to be really interesting. Who is the most aggressive in getting out front in all of these different sects and vested interests that we have? Because the progressives, they, they can't help themselves. They are like the, the Joker in the Dark Knight. They, 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 they just do things in many, res- many respects. If they get too far in front of their headlights, and, and increasingly that's less and less of a, a problem. It's not, they, they don't have to be as careful as they were in the past, but they still have to be careful. There are a large group of people that are Hispanic and are, are black that aren't r- running a, 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 as fast of a pace as they are on that front. So there is that fail safe it's not a lot to hang your head on but there is that what do you think kim you know i think i i I look forward to see how we make that transition no matter who's in there to um opponents enemies are we going to be able to come together and actually um have a discussion instead of what this election has been and um the bright side is so many people are disgusted by this that i'm hopeful that they're open now to actually a dialogue so that we don't continue to go into our grievance groups why wouldn't we do this after this election because in some respects both sides are going to be able to say their narrative was affirmed on some level and and really there's more than two sides because i mean you're looking at jill stein has over fifty thousand votes in florida i mean that is that's roughly half the margin right now between uh, between Trump and Hillary. So there's your vote your conscience vote on the left, right? So both sides are going to be able to say, based on the first half of the country's votes coming in, that there's some evidence to their narrative. That there is a lot of people in suburban, or not suburban, but rural white areas 
without college degrees that, that both political parties have left behind. And there's no question that Trump has tapped into that. On the other hand, he's also responsible for turning out a mass of, of Hispanic voters. So the other side's going to be able to say the demographics are in our favor. So let's pick up the conversation right there when we come back. More in a moment. You're listening to Steve Dace. Standing up for your rights and telling you the way it is. This man is an American hero. Steve Dace. All right, back here on the Steve Dace Show, powered by Conservative Review. New Hampshire now separated by 72 votes. 72 votes. <laughs> Trump is still leading Virginia, but if you look at um, the county by county there, there's, there is reason for optimism there still for the Democrats. Um, if you look everywhere else, um, Hillary is underperforming. In fact, the New York Times upshot had her at 85% to win heading into today. They have it at 61% right Holy now. Holy cow. What about the 98%? That was the Huffington Post. In fact, I should go check that out really quick. See how they're doing. I and, should check out the Huffington Posts <laughs> and uh, the people at uh, L.A. Times. They're uh, they're probably feeling their uh, oats right now too. Although I'm not sure uh, if you know if they're uh, pro-Trump polling or at least uh, seemingly that way. I don't know if that's actually going to um, you know kind of uh, come out here as being uh, one of the you know one of the reasons not reasons he won, but uh, if that's actually going to you know indicate. Uh, what we could have seen tonight. They had, um, uh, they tonight had, uh, or heading into tonight, they had Hillary at 96% to win. They're not running a, at least as far as I can tell, they are not running updated based on um, what the actual numbers are. So um, we said at the start of this campaign, or we said, we said at the start of this week, somebody's going to look like a goat and somebody's going to look like a hero, right? So the, the LA Times tracking poll is going to be the new, is either going to be the new Nate Silver or the new Zogby when this is over, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, uh, or we're going to see the Huffington Post, uh, you know, will be the, will be the new or will be the new scorecard that everybody keeps track of. But, you know, this goes to what we were talking about before with how much, uh, Nate Silver and some of his friends in the liberal media, they were fighting with one another. And remember I said yesterday, what he was doing with his forecast was not what he was doing the last two cycles. That doesn't mean it was wrong. Remember I said that. Doesn't mean it was wrong. He's, and, and, and he was, it just, it was different. What, what Silver was doing was waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, he was waiting other pollsters' weighted results based on what he thought the actual trend line was for Trump out there. That's what he was doing. And so far, it looks like his skepticism, I think his final forecast today had Hillary at 70% to win, but so far his skepticism has proven to be warranted about you know that she was an overwhelming favorite. We are seeing this all over the country. So as we head down to, the, to what will likely be another recount in Florida, I think that's where, I think there's, does anybody disagree we're going to see a recount in Florida? Of course we'll see we a will. recount somewhere. I think we're going to see a recount in Florida. At least we'll see a recount in Florida, I think. As we head down this road, when this is over, we got into this right before we went to the break here a minute ago. 
there is evidence for both sides' assertions. And when I say both sides now, I'm not talking Republicans and Democrats. I think this is an election that transcends that. Because Trump is not putting together the typical Republican coalition. I mean, he is underperforming with college-educated individuals and whites all over the country, and we have seen that, okay? But he's overperforming with working-class whites all over the country. She's underperforming with blacks, overperforming with Hispanics. So, in essence, this is the electorate I forecast in my predictions that we were going to see. And now it's just a matter of whether she has the turnout, her, her, the, the, the organizational advantage that she was purported to have, how much of a difference that can make for her as it did for Obama when he had this kind of an electorate four years ago, right? That's what we're waiting to see, and that's what we'll find out here over the next couple of hours. But regardless, both sides coming out of this, and I mean the, the racial divide, whites and non-whites, that's who I'm talking about now when I talk about both sides. I want to make sure everybody understands I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats. I'm not even talking about conservatives and liberals now. I don't think this was really an ideological election. Do you guys think it was an ideological election? I, I don't. We never got no. one off the ground. No. I, like, I, I think, please. I think this was a racial, ethnic identity election for both sides. So when we wake up tomorrow, both sides are going to have, whether they won, won or won, whether they won or lost, will have some evidence to support their claims. Right. So how are we going to come back together again as a country knowing that, Aaron? Uh, Or maybe we won't. I I don't see any way that uh, we can unless we have uh, collectively some sort of transcendent moment together. But is there anything that you've seen? This is answering your question with another question. But is there anything that you've seen uh, around the country from the behavior of really any sector of the country throughout this year especially, but really over the last at least two decades, and you want to go back further than that, you can. Is there anything you've seen that would support the hope or the assertion that we will see some sort of transcendent come together, sing kumbaya. Let's I don't know, that's what I'm asking we, you. I, I asked I you that question. Don't, I don't, you don't get to come back at me with that yeah, question. That's what I'm asking you. Well, I mean, uh, this uh, that's that's the question you have to ask next is if, if there's any evidence to support um, this notion that we can come together or something like that. And what I'm saying is I don't think there is. Todd? Folks are only going to get more and more strident. They, they're going to feel emboldened. This was no matter what happened. This was just going to be a beginning. It wasn't going to be an end. People weren't going to just sit down and put down their weapons and say, "Yeah, that was kind of tiring, and this didn't work out so well, and I don't even feel good about my win." Did anybody really think that was going to happen? This is thermonuclear war. The the culture is absolutely broken. If a culture is broken, the politics are not going to suddenly put down their arms. It's going to get worse before it gets better, no matter who wins, no matter what new wrinkles we found out tonight. Um, and I, I say anybody who thinks otherwise, uh, I, I I pray for for your ability to even walk and chew bubblegum at the same time in the next couple of years. You know, I see more people actually um, backing out of the system. And, um, and it was on NPR, and they were talking about 60% of the early voters, millennials, it was less, 60% less early millennials voting. And so, I mean, they're just basically going, no, I'm not playing this game. I, I, I can't wait to see what those numbers are. I want to know how many Catholics went out. Um, you know, in, in our family, I've got um, my father and his second wife. They have to go to the polls to cancel each other out. So it's always a really interesting night of, you know, is it, it's too busy. We probably shouldn't go tonight or Oh, yeah, and someone's going to sneak and vote. But I want to know how they're going to come together afterwards. I don't know, Steve. 
and, and just like, let's say Trump wins. I would, there would be some sort of, you know, hidden vote, mystery vote that would have existed. And to me, that's a good thing. It, it, it Defying the media, saying the heck with you, you can't measure me, I won't be measured. In theory, that's a good thing. And then we put some faces on who those people are and what they think and what they believe. And that gets a little terrifying. So it, it is a mixed bag across the board. Catholics, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to if, if Trump wins, I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to be quite horrified at what the Catholic vote looks on voting for Donald Trump. I also think I'm going to look be pretty horrified at what it looks like for Hillary Clinton. Right. I, I think the simplest answer here, going off of what you just said, Todd, I think the simplest answer here is that uh, everyone will be affirmed about all the wrong things. After <laughs> this is over, explain. True. Put some put, so put if, some put some flesh on that bone. Spell that out a little bit more for us. You're we've right. Got, we've yeah. got 30 seconds left, and I would like to do that. Can I do that after the break? That's Steve? a good tease. Yeah, I think that's a that is a provocative statement that I think requires a little bit more fleshing out. Agreed. Agreed. Amen. All right. So we're gonna let Aaron do that when we come back here. Don't forget, you can watch us on Facebook Live. Uh, we're simulcasting it on our Facebook wall tonight, all three hours, one hour at a time, live right there on Facebook. So you can watch us during the break as well. More in a moment. You're listening to Steve Dace. Listening to it will make you feel American. Hallelujah. It's the Steve Day Show. So at 5.30 Eastern Time, Trump campaign manager Kellyanne Kellyanne Conway was on television. I think she was talking to Chuck Todd uh, of, uh, of MSNBC and NBC. And uh, she was uh, she was basically already beginning to pass the buck on the R- to the RNC, <laughs> and, and saying, "Hey, take it back." Yeah, I mean, she was like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm, we're disappointed we didn't get more help from them, more coordination from them." Oh, you have right. little faith in so, Jesus. So, so, just now on CNN, they were talking about her sending out an email to their supporters, "Hey, we're going to win this thing." All right, I I'm not entirely convinced they knew that they were going to overperform. Uh, these exit polls to this point. I'm certain they didn't. I'm, I'm pretty confident yeah. that they did not as well. The New York Times right now, and they're updating this. This is not a forecast as much as it is just an analysis of the numbers that are coming in. Mm-hmm. So right now, they started the day with 85% for Hillary. Right now, they have 51% that Trump will win with the current numbers that we have in. If that were to go down, the meltdowns tomorrow <laughs> from all the right people, can you only imagine... <laughs> Can you only... Oh, I'm imagining. Can you oh. only imagine the meltdowns tomorrow from all of the right people? That being said, Aaron, you made a, a point before the last break that, mm-hmm. that I want you to kind of extrapolate a little bit for us. Yeah, I said that uh, everyone will learn or will uh, be affirmed about all the wrong things. And I should add a qualifier. Everyone with a dog in the fight, so not meaning those of us who are just watching this uh, without, uh, you know, assuming here um, in the room, not supporting either Trump or uh, Clinton, uh, everyone with a dog in the fight will be affirmed about all the wrong things. So I'm thinking what this looks like is a Trump supporter 
will uh, look at the media and uh, say, ha, they are all wrong. My nationalist tendencies, my racist and the alt-right movement uh, will say my racist uh, ideology or slightly racist ideology, if that's a thing, is now affirmed. The nation wants this. While on the other side, people will say, hey, there actually is systemic racism because we just elected somebody who was a racist like they've been painting Donald Trump to be the whole time. That's what I'm saying with an election this close, um, especially no matter who wins, people are going to be affirmed about all the wrong things. People with a dog in the fight will be affirmed about all the wrong things. So what I hear you saying is, and if if this is not what you're saying, but I'm adding to it, tell me too, Mm -hmm. Aaron. But what I hear you saying is, each side's negative stereotype of the other would be affirmed. Yes. Yes. So those the mass of Hispanics that went out to vote, this is a xenophobic country. Mm-hmm. Look what this guy said about us, and you guys affirmed that, and it was okay. This is a sexist country. Right? So the mass of, of college-educated women that went out and voted for, for, for Hillary Clinton tonight, uh, yeah, this guy said this about women, and you affirmed it. Yes. And, so, and so that would affirm their worst suspicions. On the other hand, if you flip it around. Look how close this was in all these states. You guys stole it from us. This thing was rigged. Um, you know, I, 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 you, you left us behind. You don't care. I mean, Trump won, what was it, like 58 of the 64 counties or something in, in Florida, whatever the number is. It's an obscene amount of numbers. And so, so a guy, so he loses five or six counties in an entire state and loses the presidency because of that. Is that, is that what you're saying, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, in this, I think this also answers the question you posed towards the beginning of the show. Can we actually have a moment here and say, let's not do this again? I think the answer after this conversation is a definite no, because everybody's just going to be more emboldened in their own side. Since, as we just laid out, as we just posited, they're going to be affirmed in their negative stereotype of the other side. I said to a uh, friend tonight, because I told you guys, I, I really don't care who wins. I, I think I've got, as an ideologically driven conservative, I, I, as we've talked about before on this show, I've just got different problems depending on who wins. I mean, if she wins, she's going to bring the full course of force of government against my worldview. I have little doubt about that. Uh, if he wins, we're going to have a complete conversation and debate about redefining our worldview to align with his. So, so it's just a matter of whether you want to have an internal fight or an external one. I don't particularly prefer either one. So I will just let the voters have their say tonight and then wake up tomorrow and get geared up for whichever one of those two fights the voters have foisted upon me in their infinite wisdom. But I did say to a friend of mine tonight, whichever one wins, I hope it is decisive. Yes. Because of what you just talked about, Aaron, and this was my fear. That if it is not decisive... That this isn't the end. That this is like the battle before Antietam, which is the bloodiest battle in American history. More Americans died in Antietam than any battle we've ever had. That this becomes the lead up to what is coming next. That this is, uh, my hope was this election was going to be Antietam. This is just the birth pang. Yeah, but, but the, the, no, this might, this is Sumter. This is Bull Run, right? This is, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the, and it, we haven't even gotten to Antietam yet because if it's not decisive, if it's not decisive, the other side is going to take Todd. We was robbed to a level that I think makes the 2000 Florida recount look like tiddlywinks. Well, I didn't. Th- and I hope I'm wrong about that, by the way. 
I thought what you're describing was going to happen even if it wasn't de- decisive. I mean, that, that's just where we are uh, at as a culture. We're going to be fighting and fighting hard for a long time. The overlapping circles of people who disagree, but there was enough in each other's lives where they did agree. You talked about football used to be a play. That's not even there now. All right, this, this is going to get worse before it gets better. It always was. Kim, I want to get your take on this when we come back. Okay. More in a moment. You're listening to Steve Dace. If you believe in lots of free handouts, this is probably not your show. What is it? Do you want more money? It's the Steve Day Show. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by Conservative Review on the Salem Radio Network, a special election night edition. And don't forget, we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. All right, so we were discussing how both sides' worst stereotypes of the other, Kim, could be validated or will be validated looking at this outcome. I mean, either way now, this is going to be close enough now that both sides are going to say, hey, we were right about you. And when we say both sides, we mean whites and non-whites. We're not talking, this is not a Democrat-Republican election. Now, this, is, this is not a conservative-liberal election. I think that's pretty clear. So along the lines of what you just heard we t- the rest of us talking about, what's your thought about that moving forward for us as a people, Kim? Well, you know, most of the time, I'm, I am kind of the, the studio cynic. But um, this time, I think we, we can have reconciliation if we, you know, both of us just kind of rise above that and um, move towards each other to actually have a dialogue and kind of let go of that rhetoric. And, you know, maybe people are ready for that. This was very ugly. And I think most people are tired of it. So and, you know, um, on a personal note, I, I work at, a, you know, the inner city school at Joshua Academy and um, I don't see the same thing happening at the local level as what we're seeing here. So I'm more Tell hopeful. our audience, what is Joshua Academy? Joshua Academy is an inner city school started by um, Pastor Keith Ratliff, who does... He's the Maple former Street. head of the Iowa-Nebraska NAACP. That's right. Longtime Democratic activist. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing school, growing incredibly. So I don't see the same thing on a local level as we're all working together. There's a reason for that, though. What are right. you doing? What are you doing Faith there? Base. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing there? Teaching. You're, you're you're teaching something that transcends people's external differences, right? That's right. You're teaching something that transcends the racial differences, that that transcends where they're at demographically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love it, and I encourage everyone to get involved in a local level like that, so we can get that dialogue going. Well, those are the exact transcendent messages, though, that this election never contained any of. I know. Right, Todd? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. It's funny because I was just going to posit this, if I may. I mean, would it take a president, whether it is Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, would it take a president that really is universally loathed to actually bring us together? Or is that uh, is is that really that's not a that's not the transcendent purpose that you're talking about, is it? I don't know. Is it? What do you guys think? Is it? 
Do you think that's possible, that having a president that's so uh, much disliked could actually bring this country together? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't. I don't think that'll work. I, I, I absolutely don't. And listen, I, I, let me start that off by saying I've been wrong about a lot. I, I remember talking uh, at catechism classes about uh, Cruz versus Trump. And so, you know, the, sooner or later, the, the people are going to walk away and go to the grown-up. They didn't. And then I have absolutely uh, trusted uh, the majority of this polling up until this time. I did not. It's not a matter of want. I did not think Donald Trump was going to be able to pull us off. He hasn't yet. Uh, but I did, and I may be proven wrong about that. But I am on much firmer ground on this. There is no way this culture suddenly turns into a Coca-Cola commercial tomorrow. No way. <laughs> we are fighting over bathrooms right now, folks. Hmm. Yeah. The, I, just, I, I would give anything for you to for be that. right because I, I sit know. there and, and I think about my four daughters' future. Yes. And the fact that one of them now who is about to be 13 is going to be getting relatively close to graduating high school. Steve, you will have your first high school graduate on to be. Uh, she will be I know, an adult. I was, uh, I was, uh, Ann and I were going to the Y to work out today. And on the way home, she looked at me and said, you know, this is the last time I'm not going to be able to vote in an election. But he, Yeah. He, so she, that, that's right around the happens, corner. what happens no matter what. Do you think the progressives suddenly learn their lesson tomorrow because Donald Trump is in the White House? So they say, oh, no, no, no. We're turning this thing up to 11. That will continue apace. That is the zeitgeist right now. You're right. You're absolutely right. I don't want you to be right, but you're right. And this is, um, as you pointed out earlier, Steve, this is the probably, no matter who wins, having an election this close is probably going to be the worst possible pull outcome here. Um, because this is, for all the reasons that we just talked about, there is nothing that's happening here at a national level that I, I think could be construed as, as being able to bring us together in any way. We played that audio of that Frank Lund's focus group that he did for 60 Minutes over the weekend. And those same people, they, it's, it's funny, those, those people in the focus group, and it's like we, we can recognize this. And I see people uh, on social media recognize this, that we can't talk to each other, but at the same time, uh, when is when is that going to change? I mean, w at what point? How does that actually change? We recognize the problem. How do we actually fix it, though? That's a completely different story that I don't think anybody has any ideas uh, to address. How do you fix it? It's an idea. I don't think no anybody has. <laughs> you fight the war. Yeah. You fight the war. What's the war? What is it? And what are we fighting for? The That's war, what I'm asking. What, what, what is the war and what are we fighting for? What is it? Yeah, what are we the doing war, here? just as it was in the Civil Rights Movement, just as it was in the Civil War, just as it was at the American Revolution. Ultimately, this is a war for our souls. All of our souls. And you have got to go through the narrow gate to get to the other side. There's no easy way to do it. The problem with that is these are two individuals that both sides of the aisle supporting them have major issues with. Major issues, major character, systemic character issues with. And they're not necessarily the ideal vehicles for the fighting of a for the for the proxy fighting of, of the kind of war that you're talking about. That's why this is broken down into race and ethnic identity politics. That's what this election has become. Well, the war can not even start unless we, the church, clean house. 
That right. needs to begin. Right. Needs to begin the church. Quickly. I don't trust that it will. I think, unfortunately, you are going to see just grotesque triangulations uh, from uh, the church. I use air quotes. Uh, the progressive church, the so-called conservative church, uh, trying to find their place in the world when they should already know what their place in the world. Just like we're supposed to know what our place in the world for the last 2,000 years. Like I said, it's going to get sadder before it gets happy. More in a moment. You're listening to Steve Dace. Some people work for what they get, and some people ask for Uncle Sam to give it to them. Decide who you want to be and listen to the Steve Day Show. All right, let's do a quick update on where things stand. Hillary Clinton has just taken the lead in Virginia. And looking at the remaining counties there, this is looking a lot like what happened to Ken Cuccinelli in that state a few years ago where he was leading, 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 upsetting the polling there all the way to the end. We got to the last 2% of precincts, and he lost. Uh, he lost. Uh, it looks like that's what's going to happen in Virginia. If that were to go down, it looks like, I, I, to me, I, I, there, I think there'll be a recount in Florida if it's, the, if it's the state that determines if anybody gets to 270 or not. Right. But, but barring that right now, I think Trump's lead is going to hold. Uh, his lead in what I don't know is what's out in North Carolina, where he has retaken the lead there. New Hampshire's within a few points. And right now, I would not poo-poo those four electoral votes in New Hampshire right now. That, that could be a difference right now. The state everybody has their eye on right now is Michigan. All right. So uh, the, early, the early counties that came in in Michigan were a lot of the western counties. That's where I grew up as a kid. Uh, a lot of that, those are some of the, the biggest Republican strongholds in America. Now, the Detroit Free Press called this state for Hillary Clinton like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> really? Yeah, but no one else has done that. Okay? The Detroit Free Press went out there and called this for Hillary Clinton like 30 minutes ago. Nobody else has done that. Right now, Hillary or Trump has a really good margin. But I, and, and I'm not saying you won't win this state. But when I see things like Hillary's only winning Wayne County by three points, I'm, I'm not entirely buying that. I mean, if you know that state at all... You know that. Um, no, I mean that's that's Fallujah for Republicans. Okay, so I, if Hillary Clinton only wins Wayne County forty-eight to forty-five, that's she's not winning the presidency tonight, guys. She's not. And it's been interesting the ebb and flow of this this evening. When we came in, when this show began, or as we were getting ready to go on the air, Trump was underperforming what a lot of people said that he had to do. To get to this point. And now we're an hour into this. And Hillary Clinton is underperforming what a lot of people said she had to do to win this thing and to close it out. So Sean Trendy, who for my money, and you know I, I follow this stuff closely, is as is, is good a political analyst as there is. About an hour before we went on the air, tweeted out, I think this is going to be a short night. No. No. No, this is not. <laughs> no, it this is, is not. This is not going to be a short night. And, and I, think, I think one thing we do know for sure now, I think there's only been one time since 1996, that's 20 years now, that um, uh, 
eight, the Associated Press did not wait until after 11 p.m. to call in a, to call a presidential election, 11 p.m. Eastern. The way this is looking, don't you think we're going to be waiting until after 11 p.m. Eastern? Yep. Indeed. I in fact, I, I would not be shocked if we're not waiting well after that. Margin of right. cheating. After, someone had to say it. <laughs> Hour two is next. <laughs> Listening to Steve Dace. You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. All right, back here with hour number two here at the Steve Day Show, powered by Conservative Review on the Salem Radio Network. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Don't forget, you can watch us live on Facebook Live. We are simulcasting right there, right now on our on our uh, Facebook wall. So. Uh, you can uh, watch the video, and for those of you that uh, live in a market that's maybe preempting us tonight because they've got special election night coverage, thanks for hanging out with us on Facebook. Or if you live in a market that uh, that doesn't have uh, our show yet, but you just wanted to get straight down the line, objective analysis, albeit from a uh, a conservatarian bent, uh, we appreciate you being with us tonight here on Facebook Live as well as on the Steve Day Show as well. That would be me. That's Todd over there. That's Aaron behind the glass, and next to me is Kim Pearson. So Virginia, during the break, was called for Hillary Clinton by Fox News. So we're now watching the markets are hemorrhaging across the country. They're crashing. And I think the reason they're crashing, because some people would think, why would the markets be crashing when a Wall Street guy like Donald Trump is doing well? He's one of their own. Uh, What's the number one thing markets don't like? Uncertainty. 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 Even people I respect who were staunch Trump supporters in the general after supporting someone else in the primary, like my buddy David Limbaugh, they will tell you they have no idea what President Trump would do. They just know what President Clinton will do, and that needs to be opposed. But they have, they have no idea what President Trump will do. Except for late-night tweet binges. That we know. <laughs> um, She'll be and I think that's – don't you think that's what the markets are reacting to? I mean, he would be just as don't, don't he we don't we don't really know what he would do. Right. It's all speculation. Do you think it? he knows what he would do? Nope. No, I don't. I mean, like Todd said uh, and I think uh, maybe you said it as well Kim in the first hour. I I don't think he was really expecting this type of uh, a night. I mean, if you uh, if you have the type of organization or ground game that we thought he had which was one that was not very good, how could you have expected results like this, especially okay. with all the polling? Election betting odds, they have Trump winning 59%. And they were him losing, was it like 85 to 30? No, 20-something? They had him at 21% heading into the night. Wow. So, of course, that's all reaction to the actual Mm -hmm. returns in real time. Yes, yes, of course. What we've seen up until this point have been forecasts. Everything else we're seeing are, are, is, is, what we're seeing now are real time predictors based on what we are seeing right this moment um 
if indeed he pulls this out tonight, don't you think the first order of business tomorrow has to be? And I think, and I think President Obama has a role in this as well. I, I think the first order of business tomorrow is the president, if he pulls this out. If Hillary wins, the markets will rebound. Because, again, whether they like her policies or not, they know what she will do. And so they can game plan accordingly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there was a lot of talk the markets would collapse after Brexit. They didn't. But we're seeing the markets collapsing right now. I got to believe first order of business tomorrow for President Obama and President-elect Trump, if he pulls this out. They have to make some kind of joint statement or separate but... Um, uh, but uh, simultaneously reassuring statements that everything is okay, countries on the right track, peaceful exchange of power. Uh, Trump has to outline some kind of economic policy, something to provide some uh, assurance, some some kind of um, calm, uh, something to calm the storm here in reaction to all of this. Otherwise, I think you could see a tarp happen tomorrow. Based on what we're seeing right now, do you guys think I'm overreacting or not? I do think you're overreacting. I think there's always a little bit of a, a blimp, you know, a little bit of a downturn right after or around the election. I think the markets will adjust and um, it'll right itself again. I think one of the reasons but why they there do, was... I'm sorry, can I finish? By all means, yeah. But they do um, need to c- come together like that, what you're talking about. You do need that reconciliation. You do need to talk and say, hey, you know, markets, everything's going to be fine. Go ahead, Aaron. I think one of the reasons why we didn't see the markets, and I'm no no economist, but uh, I think one of the reasons that we didn't see the uh, markets crash after Brexit is because there was some polling going up to um, uh, the referendum um, on whether or not uh, they should leave the European Union. There was some polling that actually indicated that 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 very well could happen. So that gave um, people... And investors a, a little bit more time to prepare. So this one, there there might be a downturn. I think it's a little bit of an, an overreaction to say that there might be a, a tarp, but it should sh- uh, certainly wouldn't hurt for both uh, President Obama and President-elect Trump if that does happen to come out with some sort of plan to ease worries. I, Todd, I, as I was laying this out, you were nodding your head no at me the entire time. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I do think, reject my premise. Well, I, I do think the markets will correct, but that's what I wasn't rejecting. It, it, if they don't correct, it's because these two men don't have the capacity to do what you're talking about. I mean, Obama's whole eight years has been about blowing up the status quo. He's gonna if he, if if it's out of resentment or just about cool-headed calculation of what I can do in my last several days to continue. Uh, uh, my pace while I'm sitting here in the White House letting all the felons out of Batgate prison, whatever it is, he's going to step on the gas to do everything he can up till his last day to put his footprint on this America that he needs to hand over to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is... in a he may say some things about cooling markets, but he will say them with the same degree of lucidity that he said everything else. I mean, he's going to go in to gloat mode. He's going to be talking about a movement that I've been mocking for the last how many months that may actually uh, be happening. But he's not going to be you know pensive about this at all. I mean, the guy is going to overreact on what just happened here. Uh, does anybody really doubt that? That suddenly now we're going to get the grown-up Donald Trump? I don't know. Do you, I think so, with regards so to the Todd, market, he's going to be grown-up. Todd, you're saying that they'll both overreact to this, is what you Correct. think. Correct. Kim, what do you think? 
I, I don't think they'll both overreact. I think they'll both be able to, um, you know, calm the storm for the markets. And, and the markets really are bigger than the two men. Who are you and what have you done with Kim Pearson? <laughs> Yo. I know. What the what heck? The heck? <laughs> no, I think that they'll be able to handle, the market will handle this. Absolutely. Well, the market, On, what, what makes that, you say that? Just just take that for granted. What makes you say that? Because when you look at what happened after every Thank you. When you look at what happened after the other elections, because I've looked at that to see, you know, is now the good time to, you this know, would go not in be or like out a, this, the... this would not be like other elections. All along I have said that so far this has held perfectly to form. Because it has. I, I, you know, so I, then I don't, it is I don't like based other on, elections. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. make up data. Because it's I just like the old guy that right, is the, 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 the old white guy with the highest name ID right. won the Republican primary. Based guys. on the data that you have. Right, you so I, I can only look at data. That's what I do. I just look at what the, so far this held. Now The likability thing didn't. The, the, well, this, that would, if he wins, that would change. Exactly. That would, that, that would, now, now we're in uncharted waters. Right. All right. And now we're in, and, and we're in uncharted waters because whoever comes out of this is going to have an extremely angry opposition constituency to deal with. And the likes of which, you know, we didn't have Facebook. We, we didn't have Twitter. Fox was still kind of in its infancy. That was only Fox's second presidential cycle was the 2000 Florida recount. MSNBC wasn't a liberal network. They, after, in fact, in 2000, they, they ended up giving Hill, Alan Keyes a television show, for goodness sakes. So the environment that we have now, right? I mean, the environment we have now did not, was not fully, in fact, you can make a case, it originated in that cycle, and it's just gotten more and more solidified ever since. Selected, not elected, right? Bush lied, people died. Has that All that carryover. Bush won the presidency by one state in 2004, Ohio, because you had a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, homophobic zealots go out there and vote for a marriage amendment. You're not, now you're agreeing See, yeah, with me. Yeah, because I, and all I was talking was about Trump and Obama. You're adding all the gravy onto it now. Yes, now, well, this is the backstory, right? We're, we're going to do the origin story of how we got here. Like, every good Marvel movie needs an origin story. So this is how Stephen Strange becomes Doctor Strange. This is how we got here. This greed the skids for all of this. And then Republican, overwhelming Republican majorities are elected in 2010 and 2014 to put a check and balance on Obama. They do literally nothing, nothing at all to put a check and balance on him. Nothing meaningful at all, which gives rise to Trump um, or it will gives rise to the atmosphere that allowed Trump to then rise. OK, along with all the free media and everything else that he received. And who was who was the only other candidate that really proved to have a substantial following all the way through was Ted Cruz, who also was a guy loathed by all of these people, not practical, pure. You, know, you see what mm-hmm. I'm getting at? I mean, if you took the percentage of the vote Trump and Ted Cruz got, I mean, they're lapping the rest of the field here out of a 17 candidate field. Right. So now you throw all of this in. I mean, the New York Times right now, their upshot is projecting Hillary to win the popular vote, but lose the Electoral College. Are you kidding me if that happens again? If that happens again? Are you kidding me if that happens again? You're going to have to pray for this country like you've never prayed for it before. There it is. You're listening to Steve Dace. No 
Knowledge is power. I've seen what it can do, and I want to learn more. Gain more knowledge right here. It's the Steve Day Show. I am fascinated. And again, uh, you can watch uh, live on Facebook Live if you want to watch while you listen here tonight. Let's go to Facebook.com slash Steve Dace. Uh, I, I am fascinated, Kim, by your belief that The powers that be will just get together tomorrow and reassure the markets. Hey, that's what you said that you thought they needed to do, right? I thought they needed to do it. I'm not sure that they would either, but I'm just telling you that I believe that the markets will... There is a lot of momentum to keep the markets moving forward. There will be a little bit of a dip, but I think it's going to be fine. Now, the other thing that you... Now, what gets said tomorrow to do that? Oh, it, it... what gets said? I don't me. necessarily think anything gets said. I don't remember, you know, reading back um, at the other presidential elections that somebody came out and said anything. This is something that kind of moves. Well, the, but keep in mind, we have not we've we've not had someone who's never held elected office win the presidency. It's still bigger half, than him. In, in more than half a century, that yeah. was Eisenhower, who also came in with like seventy percent favorables as the guy that won WW two. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about handing the presidency to a guy that um, some of the exit polling, which looks like that industry probably should be retired based on what we're seeing here tonight. Um, The reality is a lot of the state polling isn't that far off from what we're seeing. A lot of the state polling had this really close. Within the margins. Just just within the margins. I mean, a lot of these states were within the margins, and we're seeing that across the country. So the state, the the, the mainstream media state polling is not that far off, actually. Now, the forecasts and the exit polling that we saw, way off. Way off. Uh, But Let's say the exit polling had it wrong, and instead of 58% of Americans are concerned or scared that Trump is president, and 53% are concerned and scared that Hillary's president, let's say it's 53% are concerned and scared that Hillary that Trump is president, and it's 58% concerned and scared that Trump is president, or Hillary's president, they have it in reverse. That's still a pretty big number. That's still a pretty big number to govern tomorrow. I'm just telling you right now. Regardless of what you think about this thing, get on your knees right now and pray for this country yes. that she doesn't win the popular vote but lose the Electoral College. I, 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 that can't happen for the future of the country, in my view. I, I think that is, that is, in my view, you guys can agree or disagree, I think that is the worst case scenario tonight. Todd? I think it's a bad scenario, and it'd be used as a bludgeoning tool, but the bludgeoning would be happening anyways. Again, I mean, the culture is so far gone that a very rabid, vocal, progressive minority has been calling the shots on any number of fronts anyways. So to be certain, they will use this as a tool, but it's something uh, that would be happening anyways. And that's what you said about uh, markets uh, correcting. I think, you know, we just, if we elect a reality show host, this, it, it very much speaks to the, the matrix we kind of uh, live in. I mean, these reality shows we've been watching for a long time, and all of them, to some degree, show a downfall of civilization, the way we are just slouching towards Gomorrah. But they make money. So that it's, it's showing the decay, but that baseline that's allowing this thing to go on and not just devolve into absolute feasting on each other chaos is simultaneously happening, and they are symbiotically related. So that's exactly. why it's going to cor- correct. Oh, what? The train is going to go off the tracks again? Okay, well, we just need to, you know, readjust which line we're running on, but we'll keep going at pace. We'll keep going. So, yeah. I mean, that's the, it, once that stops, then we are 
living in an entirely new place. Th- that sort of baseline, what you're talking about, is is our default. It's not a healthy right. default. Perhaps uh, long term, as we've been talking about, burning it all down, whatever that means, would have been the healthiest thing to happen. I just don't think we're not going to know what just hit us yet. So because of that, mm-hmm. it is going to correct and we are going to default and go back on it at least for a little while. Right. Yeah, I I, 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 I can't believe what we're seeing tonight. I just keep going back to that over and over again. But I think you're right, Steve. I, I, I'm a little less optimistic. I think for this particular situation with the electorate the way it is, um, my goodness, yeah, that would be the worst case scenario for uh, Hillary to Hillary Clinton to win the uh, popular vote but lose the uh, electoral uh, electoral college but then again um what what's you know what's the turnout going to be like for this election what do we know about that so far uh, if it's a low if it ends up being a very low turnout election then maybe people will be like yeah well uh, some people will be like we got the worst of two bad options other people will be like yeah we got the you know uh, uh, yeah we got the best of two bad options maybe maybe we're making too big of a deal out of this but at the same time i just with so much tension i i don't think this is going to end well kim well um you know, I started thinking about, well, I listened to Donald Trump here in, in Iowa. He, he called into the radio program, and um, he was talking about how he's going to have some unconventional cabinet members because he wants to kind of bring everybody together again. <laughs> Had a little naughty moment thinking, you know, is he talking Hillary? Are we are we getting back into... Well, the names we've seen thrown around are Rudy Giuliani, Newt Gingrich. These aren't new names. Those aren't new names. I but mean, I mean, you, he's don't talking, get, you don't get any more inside baseball than those two guys. He's talking about something completely outside the box. And by the so way, those, we'll those might be things that might reassure some markets, actually, don't you think? Oh, I think they would. I mean, stuff that um, that that we panned him for, which is saying that he wanted to have uh, his Goldman Sachs guy be the Treasury Secretary, which goes against completely against his anti-globalist message and everything else. That's the kind of thing if they were to come out and put that out there tomorrow that would reassure some markets, that don't would. you think? Yeah. But that's but that's but see now we're. <laughs> see, I think Hillary could go a long way to settle things down. No. Oh. Hillary's, right? Hillary's she could, going to be in a rubber room somewhere. Can this is this is this is she's the, she, listen, she's as constant as the North Star. You know what she would do. Domestically you would get Obama's policies, on foreign policy you would get John McCain, Lindsey Graham's foreign you policy. Would. That's what you would get. With, with, with the, with the wild card is is nobody knows what Trump would do. And so here we're talking about coming out tomorrow and putting former longtime counsel on foreign relations uh, member Newt Gingrich in your inner sanctum. Uh, putting a putting a, a, a Goldman Sachs guy as your Treasury Secretary in order to reaffirm the to reassure the markets, but guys, this is what if he wins tonight, this is what he was elected to get rid of. Yes, this is what he was elected to do away with. Yes, and already he hasn't even won this thing yet, and already we're talking about him taking steps that would undermine his message. Before it even gets inaugurated, he's been doing that to his own exactly. message for we months. Knew this on would happen. But there's a his... difference now. There, there, there's a difference now. Same difference I said that would be for her if she became president. Where all of her, the once if she became president, what did I say would happen? Her negatives would go through the roof because she doesn't have a foil every single day to play off of. She's out there on her own. Well, now this happens in reverse. All the negatives and everything that he has, that his saving grace is he's not her. To a majority of people, 
each side's saving grace is they're not the other person. Do we all agree with that? Yes. yes. So when the other person <laughs> is removed now, what do you think happens? We, we saw this happen with Obama. He got annihilated in not one but two midterm elections. Annihilated, guys. 900-plus Democrats in those two elections. Elected officials, not just candidates. 900-plus elected Democrats in those two midterm elections lost their seats because of the way that it energized, his, his victories energized the other side. So... I think I think this becomes a fascinating exercise in how does he govern in the way that he ran his race and not blow this thing wide open from a market standpoint. You're listening to Steve Dace. can take the scraps the Democrats want to give you. But I like it here. They let me eat anything that falls on the floor. Or you can work for more. This is the Steve Day Show. All right, let's uh, let's do an update on what's going on around the country. Here's where we currently stand. Donald Trump has 167 electoral college votes. Hillary Clinton has 109. Everybody's taking a look right now at Wisconsin and, uh, and Michigan. There was no polling anywhere. This would be the first state where there would be... I mean, at least Michigan, there were some polls in the last week that showed it within the margin for error. There were none that showed Trump ahead. But there, but there were some that showed it within the MOE. Wisconsin really wasn't on anybody's even wasn't even on anybody's radar, and Republicans haven't won it in a what is it two thousand and eight or I'm sorry nineteen eighty eight Todd last time Republicans won your home state in a, in a presidential election is that right? You know what I'm going to trust you on that. I think it's nineteen eighty eight. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, so, so this wasn't even on anybody's radar. Uh, you did see the Clinton campaign was panicked at the end. Well, maybe panic's not the right word. How about concerned? They were concerned at the end about. Michigan, because they spent a good deal of time there at the end, but they didn't go to Wisconsin. They spent most of their time in in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. I'm sorry, Florida, North Carolina, and they did go to Ohio for a good portion of the day, a good portion of the weekend. They had that one event where Jay Z started dropping n bombs and f bombs, and I've got to believe that that I believe I got to believe that scene was a Trump get out the vote. I mean, once that started going around. That probably was a you know a Trump get out the vote rally having uh, you know a rapper stand up there dropping n bombs and f bombs at a presidential event. That's a good way to actually. We've been talking about Trump driving out Hispanic voters with his with his with his shtick. I guarantee you that shtick helped turn out uh, white voters for Donald Trump in Ohio. Anybody want to argue with me on that? No, nope. I'm sure that nope. it did. I'm sure that it did. Uh, and and if they had not done that and maybe just done what they did the next day with LeBron James who is right now the king. Right. If they had just done what they did with him and not done what they did with uh, with Jay-Z and that whole thing, I don't know that it would have made up a 10-point difference, but I got to believe the state would be a lot closer than it turned out tonight. I, I think I think Jay-Z helped Donald Trump win Ohio this evening, at least by the margin that he won it by, uh, in terms of a backlash. See, backlashes work both ways. Right. Not just one way. They work both ways. So this now comes down to, to Michigan or Wisconsin. If he wins either one of those, he's going to win. That's, that is the crack 
in her firewall there. All right, um, because he because I think he had to win two blue states, correct? All right, so so he, if, if North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and Ohio, he has won all those states. And with the, and with what's expected to come in later on, and with Utah being too close to call, that would put him at two thirty-five. All right, with 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 uh, with Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Utah, Nevada, and Arizona still out there. That would put him at two thirty-five. That would put Hillary at two forty-two. All right, so if if you win if you if you win Wisconsin. Now he's at 245. All the polls were trending his way in Iowa. Let's say he wins that. That's at 251. If he wins Utah, if he does pull that out, I got to think an hour or so ago, Evan McMullen was probably feeling pretty good about pulling that, pulling that off out there when it looked mm-hmm. like the trend line was going against Trump. And a lot of people were like, you know, if he's not going to win anyway, right. let's go make some history, right? Make a statement. Well, I wonder if I wonder. I'd like to know what Evan McMullen's turnout in Utah was for the last ninety minutes. The polls were open in Utah, because something tells me they might have gone yeah, Hindenburg down the stretch. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But let's say Trump wins there, that puts him at two fifty seven. Wins Arizona, that puts him at two sixty eight. So he still has to flip a state that was blue last time. That's New Hampshire or Michigan would put him over the top. Knowing Michigan as I do. I think he could win it, but I, I would be I think his lead in New Hampshire has a better chance of holding than the lead in Michigan does. So if I'm right that his lead in New Hampshire will hold, if he wins Michigan or Wisconsin, this is over. Doesn't matter what happens west of the Mississippi. Doesn't doesn't matter if he loses Nevada, does it with the Hispanic vote out there, which I think he will. Doesn't matter what happens in Colorado where it looks like he's gonna lose. Nobody's won the presidency without Colorado in 20 years. It is the ultimate swing state. It is literally a 50-50 state. And it's a mail-in vote state, and Republicans were killing the early voting in Colorado, actually. But it still looks like he's going to lose there. So you are looking at... We, it's, it's been a long time since we've had a political realignment election in this country. If what I'm suggesting needs to happen for him to win would go down, this would be it. This would be the first realignment election we've had in our in, in, in a generation. More in a moment. You're listening to Steve Dace. 69. Listening to Steve Dace. Colorado has now been called for Hillary Clinton. So all along, Todd, from the very beginning, I said this election came down to what? Colorado, oh. Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. That he had to win one of those. Otherwise, I didn't see a path to 270. Well, one is down. Um, because I said Virginia was uh, off the map, and it was. It ended up being much closer than I expected, uh, but it, it was off the map. Um, so with Virginia out of the way, now Colorado is taken off the board. So now we're down to Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. 
Now, Hillary's lead in Pennsylvania has been shelved in half since we got into the last, we're into the second half of the vote counting there in Pennsylvania. Um, and now we're into Wisconsin. Um, you know your home state pretty well. What has to happen in a presidential election there? How, given Milwaukee, Madison, I mean, you have, you have something in your home state. This is why it's been tough for Republicans to win it since 1988. You have something in your home state that doesn't that not everybody has, which is the main college town is also one of the biggest cities in the state, right? You have that in some places. Columbus is one of the biggest cities in Ohio. It's one of the top 20 TV markets, I think, in the country, and that's where Ohio State is. Uh, Austin, obviously, is a major market, and that's where the University of Texas is. But, you know, University of Michigan is Ann Arbor, this little hamlet that's tucked about an hour away from Detroit. Uh, University of Florida is in Gainesville, kind of its own little separate community. You know I mean? So it, it's not always that the University of is in a major population center, because why does that matter? Because universities typically tend out or tend to turn out you know, liberal voters, right? So you, you, you're, you're in a, you come from a state where one of the major, po- major population centers is the college town. And then you throw in the, uh, the urban area of Milwaukee. And those two areas, in a, in a high turnout presidential election, what does a Republican have to do in the rest of the state, given the dynamics of Milwaukee and Madison? What kind of margins has he got to run up everywhere else in a high turnout presidential election to pull that off? Because some are going to say, well, Steve, look at Scott Walker. Midterm elections are lower turnout elections, right? So in a high turnout presidential election, what does a candidate have to do like Trump? If he's going to pull off your state, knowing what, knowing, knowing what he was up against in Milwaukee and Madison, what would he have to do everywhere else in that state? Well, I'm going to actually compare Scott Walker and Donald Trump a little bit. Listen, I, I think we have gotten used to being so frustrated or watching the establishment that we cover cave to progressives. And the progressives run roughshod over the culture. And we're involved in social media. And we, I think we've clearly underestimated how much people have just been fed up by the scourge of progressivism on some level. So I, I, I think it has something less to do with either a guy like Donald Trump or a, a you know, a play, who's a, or a plain white shirt like uh, Scott Walker does. I think there you have a front row seat to the Berkeley of Midwest, Madison, Wisconsin. I grew up in Madison. My family still lives there. I went uh, to college there. And you saw what happened with Scott Walker getting elected three different times, including a recount, because and the entire nation, MSNBC, moved its show there, basically, to rail against Scott Walker. There is just a clearly some sort of baseline of disgust. Like, we, these aren't people, hardcore conservatives, but they clearly think that progressivism is nuts. Is it that, or is it that they um, have been hurt by the economy? And so they're looking for someone who they trust to pull that, you know, to help Wisconsin. And I I see more of a silent majority coming forward for that reason than actually ready to fight against a progressive um, movement. Well, I think that's part of it. But I don't I don't think even Donald Trump's hardcore believers, anybody thinks like he's the businessman who's going to bring business sense to save the economy. I, I don't think that has anything to do with Donald Trump's overall success. I mean, maybe at the beginning that was something people telling themselves, but I just don't think that's the case anymore. And I, and I think that, you know, some of those leanings about, you know, wanting more help are actually 
they're progressive leanings that they don't even they feel like they're being left out they 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 want some help whether it comes from the government uh or somebody else but i think the whole package of progressivism is now something that has just it it has overreached we are seeing that which is not does not mean it's not going to be successful but in the here and now but you're saying it did overreach okay yeah, I would agree. I think there is some merit to that, uh, Todd. I, I, people, when they are pushed to a breaking point, maybe they don't even know that they're at a breaking point. Maybe they're at a, you know, they uh, come to a uh, like a frog in a kettle uh, type of, of moment, and then they actually realize what's going on, and they react uh, accordingly. Now, whether or not that reaction is um, a constructive or positive one, I happen to think that this one will not be a constructive or positive reaction. I think that's what we're probably seeing the most of uh, tonight. By the way, because I've noticed some people misunderstood me when I posted something about this on Facebook a while ago, since I brought this up on the air, I want to clarify something. When, I, when I'm talking about get on your knees and pray that we don't see Hillary Clinton win the popular vote and Trump win the electoral college vote, uh, I'm not ta- don't take that to mean I want her to win the popular vote. That's not what I mean. Um, what I mean is, uh, if if he's going to win this thing, I, I want it to be decisive. Because if we have a split verdict like that, keep in mind, someone has to govern for the next four years when this is over, all right? Someone has to govern. And after a while, the euphoria of beating the other side will wear off. And then we're in for a long four years with somebody who got elected rather unpopular to begin with. George W. Bush was far more popular. And even with even with his leadership post 9-11, we saw how hard it was for him to govern this country winning that way. Now, let's throw in somebody who's highly or, or far more far less liked. Let's also take a country that's far more divided than it even was in 2000. That's more racially polarized than it was in 2000. That has a far more partisan 24-hour news media than it had even in 2000. Because as I talked about before, MSNBC was putting Alan Keyes on the, on, on the air for a television show in 2000, Right. Fox was kind of in its infancy. We didn't have the social media platform that allows everybody's voices to be heard, no matter how incoherent or angry at all time of the night, adding it into the ether. You see where I'm getting at? Just putting more more kindling on the fire. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. If he's good at beat her, then I hope it is decisive. Because that's that's not good. You're listening to Steve Dace. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by Conservative Review. Here on the Salem Radio Network. We're going to be with you live till midnight Eastern tonight. All of it captured, by the way, as well on our Facebook wall. So you can watch us on Facebook Live if you'd like to do that. All right, so you guys have been uh, scouring 
the uh, wires and uh, in, in the in the web uh, here during the break. What are you guys seeing here that uh, as we close out hour number two that stands out to you? Oh, I just read one. I'd like your hot take on uh, Rod Dreyer. You're familiar with? Sure. Uh, he said this is America's Brexit, no question. Yeah. I think there's no doubt that it will uh, be compared to that. Uh, I mean, and what are um, we exiting? Well, it's that's a, a good question. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, that, what I mean, are what are we what are reality? We <laughs> well, okay, here we're exiting. This is the end of the Clinton era. I mean, the, we will not see another. Say that uh, again. Uh, wow. The, <laughs> oh. This is the end of the Clinton era. Um, we will not. We're done with them. Uh, and 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 this we sort of turn the page on the Clinton Bush era. Where is it? Is it seven of the last eight or eight of the last nine or something like that? Presidential elections in this country has had a Bush or a Clinton on the national ticket, something like that. That's horrible. If you count, you know, H.W. Bush as, as Reagan's running mate. So we will. Bob Seger's going to turn the page on that. Right. And I threw a little Bob Seger reference in because Michigan may be the state that decides this this evening. So we're going to turn the page on that. And and now we so so America said no to the current direction of the country. I, I think this is a clear repudiation of Barack Obama. Who is the, still the most uh, popular domestic politician still, right? Of course, polls. Well, according to the same yeah. favorable ratings that um, that gave us, um, you know, the map that we thought we had yes. coming in. Yeah. So as right as the poll, as many of these polls were in 2012, is as wrong as... Now, now, now I want to say this, though. A lot of the state polls are right. A lot of the state polls had new, most of these states within the margin for error. Just a lot of us, people who analyze this, like myself, decided that if it's even her organizational advantage right. would, would close the sale. We have not seen that tonight. We have not. Um, and I think that I think the Democratic Party is going to have to do a lot of soul searching when this is over. Now, if that won't take long, because they all know. You have to understand how Democrats operate. It is to, they, it is to show, and, and I want you to, get, to listen to us, because you're going to hear this from us a lot here for the next couple of months. If, if he wins this thing between now and when he's inaugurated, the Democrat game plan is to show no weakness like ever. All right, so they're going to say Hillary was a bad candidate and, you know, she got indicted and that's what, you know, or she, she, a lot of people think she's going to get indicted. Comey killed us. That will be the story that they will go with. But when, when, when I'm looking at the county by county of Wisconsin compared to 2012, I, I think they've, they've got more systemic issues than that. And maybe that's something we'll talk about here in the next hour. You're listening to Steve Dace. to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. All right, back here with hour number three. Of the Steve Day Show, powered by Conservative Review, here on the Salem Radio Network. Don't forget, we are live simulcasting this on Facebook Live. If you're watching, that's me, Todd, Kim, and Aaron. 
We're with you for a... one more hour. What were you going to say, Kim? He did a Trump thing. Oh, did you give him the thumbs up? <laughs> <He did. laughs> My <God>. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so here we are with one hour to go. And this really comes down to Michigan and Wisconsin. Is there enough urban, non-white voters in those states remaining? And she has to win them both. Now, if she does, she's going to be the president of the United States. Albeit by the absolute slimmest of margins. But if she does not, if he wins one of those, he's going to be the president of the United States. Right now, Dow Future Markets have sunk lower than they did post 9-11. Oh, wow. What percentage is that? I don't know the exact percentage. I just I just saw the headline as I was skimming headlines. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I pulled a Trump. I, I just saw the headlines. Didn't read the actual story. Uh, but uh, they, are, they have plunged, Dow Futures have plunged lower than they did post 9-11. Do you guys know what kind of sell-off we're going to see tomorrow morning when these markets open up? I mean, this is. Can you be, only imagine? This, is, this could. I mean, this could be a global, globally cataclysmic type of event. I mean, now we talked about this current. along the lines of what Aaron's talking about. We talked about this last hour, I, and, and I, I'm the one that broached the subject because I'm the one that said, "Hey, I, I think if if he pulls this out, President-elect Trump and President Obama have an obligation to the country to come out tomorrow and reassure people." Doesn't mean they have to do a, some kind of joint appearance, which no one will buy. But even if they put out. Statements that say, hey, we are a republic. The people have voted. We're going to have a peaceful transfer of power. You know what I'm saying? Something that shows everything's okay. We know the way progressives roll. There is no, the word defeat does not exist in the progressive language, right? If we're looking at Dow futures plunging deeper than they did post 9-11, I don't want to think that what I'm about to say would happen. I don't. I also, though, don't want to think that I live in a country where we're not sure which bathroom to use. I'm also, I also think that. We also don't, we don't get everything that we want, <laughs> right? Kind of ironic, you know, Trump's song at the end of all of his rallies around the country was what? <laughs> don't always get what you want. Yeah, the Rolling Stones. Maybe it's like one of my favorite Rolling Stones tunes, by the way. You can't always get what you want. I mean, the irony of that. But if you try it sometimes, you get what you need. I mean, listen, if he wins this tomorrow, I'll man up. I was wrong. I will hope you guys were all right. I will respect your voice. I will root for him because I'm going to root for the country. I'm going to hope that you were right. I'm hoping he's I, – I really will. I will hope he is everything that you thought. First of all, I'll thank you for not subjecting my kids to four years of Hillary Clinton. Right, because as much as I wanted to see the people that who shilled for him in ways that was beyond dis, intellectually dishonest, exposed. What were you and I talking about yesterday off the air, Todd? That as much fun as it would be for a day to watch those 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 uh, those farces get their pants pulled down, doing so at the price of a Hillary Clinton presidency for four years. Right. We, 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 we were just talking about yes. this off the air. That's as much as I will enjoy it the next day watching those people all get depanted. That's a pretty steep price to pay for four years of that one moment of satisfaction, right? So if you guys pull this off, I'm going to thank you. You saved my kids for four years of Hillary Clinton. But I hope I'm wrong in what I'm going to say next. And I'm going to root for you. I'm going to root for you to be right. I want you to be right. Country's been through enough. I want you to be right. 
what are the odds that progressives take a look at that? Take a look at those markets, and they're plunging. I don't want this to be true, but let me just throw this out there. What are the odds they take a look at that and say, this is the ultimate Cloward Piven dream? Crash the market. We're not going to help him at all. The odds are high. We're not going to we're, we're not going to stabilize the country at all. We're going to drop a massive bear in the woods sized deuce on the way out the door. We're going to be like those tenants who get evicted for not paying the rent and then, and then trash, trash the, the place on the way out. Bet the house. And we drop a massive deuce on the in, in in the lap of the American public to force him to clean up an utterly impossible situation and oh by the way it looks like republican they've already won the house looks like they are going to hold on to the senate by the slimmest of margins so when the republicans can't clean up this mess there's no one to blame they're on the hook for the entire thing i don't want to think that we have people in our own country who would think like this i don't but i'm just going to throw this out there as a theory as a hypothesis as a as a potential i don't know if there's a 2% 2% chance, 5% chance. Todd, you're looking at me like you think there's a really high chance that's what they'll do. Oh, yeah. I, on Twitter, uh, somebody just tweeted out, uh, the country is going to choose a, an, a laundry list of pejoratives, sexual assaulting, thuggish. I can't remember all of them. It was a long list. And then it, it, for, instead of a, uh, a accomplished, capable woman. yeah, the, it, No self-reflection. No, like, even if he is all these things, you did this to yourself, too. Look who you nominated. Right. They are Don't not to going yourself. to do that, Steve. And you know that better than anybody. There is no way they are going to do that. So it looks like it's down 4% in um, after-hour trading. Yeah, this is um, th- this is something that I think could happen. And this is something that I was thinking about um, last hour. I hadn't said it yet and had intended to uh, at some point before we got off the air tonight. The Republicans hold the Senate if they hold the House of Representatives. If Donald Trump becomes President of the United States, there is no excuse anymore, forevermore, for the Republicans not to enact the most conservative platform they've ever had. Forevermore, there is no excuse. Because they already had control of the Congress during the last Republican president. What did we advance? Nothing at all. There is no excuse after this, and I think you're right, Steve, that when this is all over, yeah, we had our little temper tantrum, and we may have won a battle, quote-unquote won, whatever the heck winning is anymore. We may have won this, meaning the Republicans. But after this, after the fog of war clears, something's going to have to fill that void. And I wouldn't put it past progressives in this country to do that with what you're describing. You guys are serious about this? You think they'd do that? What, full Cloward Piven? You think they would? Oh, yes. They, they already are we, we, doing we, this. We don't, I haven't, not, we don't go, come on this show to waste our time. I, I, it's not just cheap rhetoric for me to say that the, the progressives could actually care less about the Constitution. They only pull out the Constitution if it happens to be going the direction they want to go and they can use it as a tool. They don't live in the same country that we do. But which they, party are you talking about at this point? Oh uh, well, that too. No, yeah. I, listen, I'm you not. Know what I'm saying? I'm, when I'm I say that, like, I'm not saying making some ringing defense of Republicans no. or conservatives or anything. All I'm saying is, I Steve Trump gets both. Steve's and, concern is absolutely real yes. in terms of the, the progressives. Yeah, w- w- they will be 
we're going to watch them go insane tonight to the president. Yes. But tomorrow, they will see opportunity. Do you, do you think for a second that there's going to be a level of reflection that says, gosh, maybe we just pushed too far too fast? No. No. Have you ever tried to reason with a locust? You, you, you can't. It's a locust. <laughs> that sounded stupid. I, I don't want to believe that. Yet I'm the one that actually threw the theory out there. <laughs> I'm the one that brought this to the table tonight. And if my voice sounds measured, it's because you guys are beginning to sort of sort of talk me into this. Um, let me throw this out there then, too. And I'm sure when we, get, when we come back tomorrow and we have time to sleep on this and and more of the data is in, and we know more things definitively, um, we'll be able to discuss this as well. But did we, did we misjudge? And I say this as someone who, who, if I walked into a room, we would know each other on a first-name basis. Did, how, did we misjudge him? Did did the American people see something we didn't see? How much of this is validation of him? How much of this is repudiation of them? It's repudiation of repudiation them. Repudiation right. of them. That, that's the teasers that we're going to break. All right. We'll discuss that when we come back. of this show start writing really fast right now steve dace all right back here on the steve dace show powered by conservative review here on the salem radio network so we were just um debating during the break let's say this all goes down why don't they just repeal Obamacare by the end of January? Repeal it all. And Kim, your response to me when I brought this up during the break was what? Well, it was basically, they don't have the stomach to do that. They're, they want to keep it that way. And I think um, because he's going to have the Senate and the House, they're just going to do what it, Republicans do, is just try to manage the beast. They think they're a little bit smarter. They don't really believe in the principles of the free markets and things like that that we're talking about. So they'll just continue down this path. I am on record believing that uh, I, I think he will not be. I think he'll be a disastrous president just because I, I think the way that he's campaigned has been schizophrenic. It's been mercurial. It's been divisive. And my experience has taught me people govern as they campaign, typically. But if he pulls this off tomorrow, I am literally wiping the slate. I'm wiping the slate clean. I'm going to forget everything. I'm going to forget all the times I met with the guy and I realized after the fact he was snowing me. I, I'm, I'm going to wipe the slate clean because I want to believe in the will of the people. So I'm going to give him a chance. 
let's see this the way most of our audience sees this. This guy is on the brink of the greatest how you like me now. Like ever. Like ever. Like since MacArthur, at least since MacArthur got to take the USS Missouri into Tokyo Bay, guys. Okay? Since MacArthur got to say, I told you, I, I told y'all I was going to return. I'm back. At least since then. This is one of the greatest mic drops of all time. Now start thinking like dudes. Because if we know one thing about this guy, highly driven by the ego. The Republicans in Congress are facing something now they have not faced before. He doesn't owe them a damn thing. That's right. Nothing. Nothing at all. In fact, it looks like they may pick up seats tonight when we all thought they were going to lose some. They're going to hold their Senate majority. He can make the argument he helped carry Ron Johnson across the finish line in Wisconsin. He can make that argument. He can try it anyway. There's, there's evidence for it. He, they both overperformed simultaneously. That's not a coincidence. That might be the 51st vote in the Senate. This is not a guy that, say what, and this is, this is the problem with him at times. This is not a guy that is into measured responses. I mean, he, doesn't he have the ultimate dude affirmation ever? So why would he play prevent defense now? Why not just go in there, man, drop trowel, fire up the cool mode, how you like me now? Know what I'm saying? You assume that he is motivated by principle and policy. No, I'm not. I'm not That's assuming that. That's what it that. sounds like that. No, I'm not. Because, you're, you know... I'm a, I'm a, I, this whole thing is an assumption of ego. This is where the gender difference. Do you, got, you, do you track with what I'm trying to say here? Well, I, I, yes. The only part I disagree with is that he, he probably doesn't really care about Obamacare very deeply. That's but in it. terms of, in theory, the action, yes. You know a guy like Donald yeah. Trump cares about Obamacare? When Mitch McConnell and everybody walks into his office with their looking down their glasses, we, we can't repeal it because it will do this and it will cause this and... Well, yeah, he cares that's about it because started, it messes with that's him. Right. Then they're like, you yeah. know what? We'll be repealing it tomorrow. <laughs> and if we don't, you'll have a primary <laughs> opponent the next day. All right? I mean, I think the Republicans in Congress are up against something. I, if I'm not careful, I may talk myself into being excited about this on well, some level. The, okay? The, they're up against something. The, the things that made us worry about him. I can. This no. is why I always said I can understand why people wanted a candidate like him. All you're doing is resetting why you and I liked him. All of us liked him way at the beginning yeah. when he looked down the line and say, "Hey, Jeb, bam." Yes, you're just resetting. <laughs> I'm going to say something tonight. Let's I'm going to say something that tonight. Does I, that. I'm going to say something tonight that most of you know because you know me. I have never talked about publicly. I, I was, if you're watching to us, watching us on Facebook, I was this close, and I mean this close last July to jumping on board with this. In fact, I called Ted Cruz on the phone and told him I, I think we might go there. And then my wife was like, we can't do that. Okay. But I was this close because of the conversation we're having right now. That's why. And what stopped me was what? Sitting there backstage at the Family Leadership Summit, waiting for him to come off the stage to meet with me. Again, by the way. And this is where he talked about, I, I want guys you know, who uh, didn't get captured. Uh, I've never asked God for forgiveness. And that's where I just, my conscience said to me is the cough drops I'm using to get me through this show are sticking to my teeth. I'm using so many of them now. 
Thank um, God this is on video. <laughs> yeah. That's somebody's going to screen capture that. I'm a meme tomorrow, and I deserve it. So there you go. But um, that's where my conscience just looked at me and just said, "You can't do that. You can't." And and I was even accused well into the fall of still being overly sympathetic to him. The final straw for me was the Ben Carson. Remember he had that event in Iowa mm-hmm. last October, was it? And he called Ben Carson a child molester. And I, at that point, I was just like, this is nuts. I, I'm out. But we start talking like this, and now I'm remembering. You know, my buddy Sam Numberg, who helped organize Trump's campaign, called me tonight before we went on the air. We were chatting. So now, I'm, now, you're, now you're getting me remembering what it was for a fleeting moment last summer that had me this close to being... On this train, long before anybody knew what a Scotty Neal Hughes or a Kaylee McAhaney or a Bill Mitchell or the alt-right or Pepe the Frog, any of these people. Because I sat in that, I sat in that Ruth's Chris through almost three years ago with Sam, helping him come up with names to organize a Trump campaign that they ended up hiring. So now you're now now I'm be, I'm, I'm reminding myself of, of what it was about this I was originally attracted to before I just had too many doubts about him on a, in his character. But Kim, I, I think... He has no incentive to work with them at all. Not. I agree. Owe, doesn't he, owe them. I totally I, agree anything. with that. He has no incentive. He doesn't have to. He will. Why? I think this conversation is exactly why it is more likely that Republicans in a Republican-controlled Congress would impeach a President Trump more likely than they would a President Clinton. I think he'll because want to get he, he, if if this is true, he is more a threat to them. Than they believe, than I think they would believe Hillary Clinton would be a threat. Hmm. The, the, Todd, Todd, help me here. Give me the dude code. Doesn't the dude code at some time say, "Oh yeah, I, I'm large and in charge." Yeah, it's just a question right? of what if it's going to be about. But there's no way what you said, Aaron. I guess what I'm trying to say now is, I, is I think now is the time for egotistical Trump, actually. Yeah. Now is the time King, for it. Now. It's King Kong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, now is the time for him. I mean, now is the time for tomorrow yeah. to look at to look at the rest of us like Denzel Washington looked at us at the end of training day. King Kong ain't got nothing exactly. on me. I think that's exactly what it's time for now. I don't think it's time for measure or anything like that. I think that's how he'll destroy his presidency if it ever starts. And that's I'm gonna, not saying he should do that. I'm just saying that's what he'll he will do. And that King Kong thing is going to have to wear off before the Republican establishment can even think. Of gaining any purchase and trying to get him out of office. I mean, America hates those fools. Both sides. Agree. True. We'll come back more on the election next. You're listening to Steve Dace. If it's true and you still don't like it, that's a you problem. You're listening to Steve Dace. All right, so you got to understand the way that I operate is I don't like to lose. I'm I'm from like the Han Solo. Never tell me the odds. I don't like to lose. I'm I'm Captain Kirk. I don't do Kobayashi Maru's. I break in the night before and reprogram the system. Right? I just. I can't handle losing. I will look for a way. And I told you all the other night, I'm gonna, no matter who wins this thing, I'm declaring victory when it's done. Right? I'm, I'm going to find a way to declare victory when this is done. So even though my instincts tell me that um, 
she would be a wicked president and he would be a disastrous one. The way that this is going down is a total repudiation of progressivism. I, I don't know how you I just can, tweeted that. can interpret this any other way. I, it, now, they won't. Right. But, but it is. That's, that's exactly what this is. I mean, the, the, the country chose someone they are deathly afraid of. Yes. All right. And dislike. And dislike. They, they literally said, you know what? I would rather, I'd rather have, I'd rather stick this M80 next to my butt crack, light it on fire on YouTube and say, hey, ma, watch this to see what happens. Or hold my beer, okay. mom. Yes. Yes, exactly. Hold my beer, mom. Watch this. Right. They, they would rather, I mean, this is, they'd rather do a jackass skit. They would rather have Johnny Knoxville. Really, that's what we're talking about in many respects. They, they, they would rather have a jackass skit than any more progressivism. So this is a total repudiation of progressivism. What is my motto? I oppose progressivism in all forms, in all shapes, in all sizes, in all parties. I'm okay with a repudiation of progressivism. Yes. But now I hope that means, because the, the reason we're talking like this, we should tell you, Wisconsin's been called. It's over. He's going to be president. You're going to talk to President Trump tomorrow. You're going to talk to President-elect Trump tomorrow Unless there is a level of margin of cheating that even the Democrats have shown heretofore they are, they've not been capable of, he will be president tomorrow. Well, president-elect tomorrow. So, some of you who, you know, we gave a hard time to, I mean, you were saying during the break, Eric Bowling, Hannity, these guys are going to be insufferable. What did I tell you? They earned, they earned it. it. They earned it, man. Hey, man, you earned it. I'm, I'm from the... I'm from... I'm from Winlandia, where the capital is scoreboard, and there's no argument that scoreboard doesn't win. So even though I still don't believe he has the moral qualifications to be president of the United States, I'm not the one who has the majority opinion. So you guys won. Laura Ingram, all those people, I mean, own it, man. I mean, I, I would if I were in their shoes. I got nothing. And, I don't, and I'm not going to take offense to any of that at all. No. They earned it. Oh, Laura Ingram is... Doing some high-level trolling. She posted the uh, National Review Never Trump cover already. I don't blame her for that. But, but now he has to govern. And just as we were told, if we didn't vote for Trump all along, that we were going to own every decision Hillary Clinton made, this works the other way, too. Yes, it does. Yes, he it does. now has to govern. He has to govern in ways that they promised us he would. That they told us that we were wrong. And so this is a question I broached earlier in this hour. Did we misjudge him? Did, the Amer- did, 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 a, did a majority of the American people see something we didn't see? Or is this some level of cult? I mean, he has a cult. I'm not taking that back. That has shown itself in this election. All right? But that's not all of his support by a long shot. And we've said that all along, too. Does does is there does there exist the possibility we misjudged him? How much of this is we want him? How much of this is we don't want them? Todd, it's we don't it, we don't want them, and it's too early to say whether we misjudged him or not. He needs to govern now, and it might just be a matter of days before this thing 
looks like a laughing stock. Again, I mean, what, I don't. Midnight tweeting Donald is just going to go away. No, it's it, that's not going to happen. Uh, but the, the repudiation, I I couldn't agree more. I was typing as you were about to say what you said about the repudiation of progressivism. I wouldn't have believed it. My, I, I've been. And I'm still, I want to hold back on that. I don't want to get my hopes up. I've been waiting for this country to repudiate progressivism for a long, long time. So I'm not going to say it's more of a a vibe, a feeling, a gut reaction that was carried out on one day. Seeing that through into actual change in legislation, I'm as skeptical as I was uh, just 48 hours ago. All right, I want to find out what you two think is the answer to that question when we come back. You're listening to Steve Dace. about convictions, not positions. Steve Dace. All right, chances are your current phone carrier is using your money to undermine your values, and that's why Patriot Mobile was created. To give conservatives a chance to put their money where their values are and support a company that you know you can trust to invest valuable resources into your values. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talking and texting and high-speed 4G LTE data at competitive prices, and they'll donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. That means you'll get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, competitive prices, and causes that you believe in. So go to PatriotMobile.com, that's PatriotMobile.com, or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. And when you decide to switch, use the promo code STEVE to get the $35 activation fee waived on up to two phones. All right, so we threw a question out there before the break, and Todd had a chance to answer. I want to give Aaron and Kim a chance to respond now. Aaron, and we, by the way, if you're watching to us, watching us on Facebook Live, we have switched over to MSNBC because they're going to they're going to be they're going to tell us what the other side thinks before anybody else does. Yeah. And so that we want to we want to kind of get their spin on uh, on the way this is going. But in my view, tr- Wisconsin being called means this is over. But uh, you're, you guys just get a chance to respond to the question that uh, that Todd uh, yeah. answered earlier. And to reset that question, you asked, uh, did we misjudge Trump? Yes. And, and to that, I would ask, did we misjudge him on what? And if it was on moral character, then if you have a traditional understanding of morality or a biblical understanding of morality, I, I don't think we, meaning those who did not support Donald Trump, uh, I don't think that we uh, misjudged him. Now, would we uh, misjudge him on uh, his ability to... Uh, make a dent in Washington, D.C. and drain the swamp and come in as, as a bulldozer to oust all the uh, establishment types, whatever establishment means. Well, dude's been a Democrat in his lifetime before. Dude's uh, been uh, a donor to his opponent, who it looks like he's going to a beat before. He's the most insidery insider, I think, that ever insidered, maybe, or one of the most. Um, so did we misjudge him on that? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, but based on the evidence that we have in front of us so far, uh, it's hard for me to say that we misjudged him. I do think, and I agree, this is a total repudiation of progressivism. 
I think people hate progressivism in this country still when they see it. They Maybe they aren't able to define it. Maybe it's some sort of ethereal uh, kind of murky definition to them. But I do believe that the uh, that the people of the United States have rejected it. I just wish we all could define what it is and why we don't like it. Kim? Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's it's a little early to, to say whether or not um, we've misjudged him. Um, on how he's going to do in office. But I will say I misjudged his popularity. But I do think this is a repudiation of Hillary Clinton and um, Barack Obama with regard to the fact that there really has not been an economic recovery for most people. The middle-aged income or middle um, income wages have stagnated for the, the last, well, eight years. 1993. So... Middle income, middle in, middle class wages have been stagnated in this country since 1993. It's been the same as when you know Obama came into office as it is now, as the time period I was looking at. But it's even further back, like you're saying. So I think this is really just this is an idea of you know it's the economy, stupid. People are suffering, and there are more burdens that are being put on people, and Obamacare is another burden, and they're just saying no. Now, whether or not they can take that next step and say, well, it's because of the progressive um, mindset, I don't know that yet, but I do know, I think, because it's about the economy. So it's a repudiation. Clinton campaign tells CNN Wisconsin may be won due to uh, Milwaukee County, even though Fox has called Wisconsin for Trump. Remember, Florida got called, called again, recalled. I don't want to see that happen again. I'm just that's some news that just uh, broke a moment ago since we're not following CNN, but we're following uh, MSNBC to uh, uh, to get uh, the Democrats side of the story. So, Todd, you heard them react to your to, to your position on this. Do you want to say anything based on what their take on this question was? No, I th- I think we're all in the same uh, ballpark to some degree. I, mm-hmm. I think Kim's on solid footing with you know just a, a general sense of uh, you know she's leaning more heavier on the economic frustrations, but those people also see that economic frustrations, uh, you know, no, what George Bush, you know, eight years ago, you know, no, not happening. This is on. And it, it, again, we've talked about Obama's popularity, uh, right now. I mean, we are, we're still, a, we're quite the schizophrenic country that that, that <laughs> right. can simultaneously be, be true. true. Uh, and that there can be such a rejection right now. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think everybody, we should all be, careful about how far we stick our neck right now that it is exactly what is happening but i i firmly believe and i'll echo what you said before steve that progressivism took a shot today it's not a shot that it's going to learn from because that's not what progressivism does it's just right. going to get uh angrier and perhaps you know speed up its efforts right now because it feels like the clock is ticking in a way uh i mean and listen it's still somebody actually tweeted out before that you know it'll have the the gop will have the white house so both houses of congress it will have the court oh really it has the courts. You know, let's not lie to ourselves now. That <laughs> the, the courts are conservative bastions now. Let's not be stupid. How off was the exit polling? The exit Coffin polling was polling. Period. I, I still maintain the polling wasn't as off as people think because most of it had these states within the MOE. They did, and most of these states are within the MOE. I mean, he's winning this. This is almost a reverse of four years ago, where the the margin at the end will look 
substantial, but when you look at what the state-to-state margins were to get to that margin, razor close in a lot of these places. But the exit polling in North Carolina showed 7 out of 10 voters, 7 out of 10, opposed HB2. That was the bill that uh, didn't even mandate you had to have gender-specific bathrooms, but allowed private companies to do so under state with protection of state law if they chose to do so. Right? Just sanity is what we used to call that, right? Decorum, decency. It looks like it, to me th- I didn't want to jinx it. This was but just this was the race I was the most interested in tonight on a personal level. Was Pat McGrory's re-election in North Carolina. It looks like he's going to hold on. And he's going to win. Because we all know what the narrative would have been tonight yes. if he would have lost. That's true. Under any circumstance, yeah. right? See, we, I mean, that, that we can't have social conservatism anywhere at all because we can't even defend bathrooms anymore. So to me, that's a, that's a pretty big symbolic win as well. You're listening to Steve Dace. Want your country back? Keep listening for instructions. This is Steve Dace. All right, back here to wrap it up on election night. It looks like Donald Trump's going to be the next president of the United States, but it's not over yet. So we're going to have another election where AP doesn't call it prior to 11 p.m. Eastern time. So based on everything that we've seen here this evening, let, what have we learned here this evening? Let, let's go around the table. And, and I would encourage everybody, in some respects, to, uh, to have somewhat measured lessons until we come back again tomorrow night and more of this is definitively known. Okay, but you're welcome, however. It's, listen, here's something I learned. That my analysis and instincts in this business has been pretty good the last couple of cycles, but I I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not Jimmy the Greek Snyder. All right, so my instincts are telling me to make maybe some measured responses, but I'm not necessarily saying you guys should trust my instincts. So if you guys want to go for broke and your closing thoughts, by all means, don't play follow the leader here because it's 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 clear that wow. I'm not the pace car right now. So Todd, go ahead. We learn, you know, Thomas Jefferson was rabid in his support for having the simplest of men, at least philosophically and in theory. He didn't always carry this out in practice. I mean, he was an elitist, uh, arrogant man in his own way, but about to having the simplest men driving the ship of state. Uh, William F. Buckley said, I'd rather be governed by 50 people chosen at random from the uh, uh, phone book than the people currently in Congress. Uh, what we learned is that the so-called smart people, the elites, have truly been in charge too long, and people hate it. And they will take a spin of the wheel in Vegas on the crazy man <laughs> and his cult of whatever it is over this nonsense that has been driving the ship of state for way too long. Well, that one kind of rings true to me when you talk about, um, I, th- I hear like the condescending college educated elitists, right? 
Um, but I also am going right back into the the idea of the economy and the debt and, you know, the fact that um, 10% of we have like the real unemployment rate is actually 10%, not 4 yeah, I think uh, what we learned tonight is, um, or so far tonight, is that a lot more people than we actually thought before are uh, mad as hell, and they decided they weren't going to take it anymore, even if it was uh, spinning some sort of uh, wheel of fortune or what have you with Donald Trump. Um, they were done with whatever it was that they thought Don- or um, President Obama gave them. Uh, they weren't going to have another third term of President Obama. We'll wait to see what the final results are. Right. But chances are, when we sign on here tomorrow night, looking at the way things look, we're gonna say we're gonna say President elect Trump. John three seventeen. You're listening to Steve Dace.